Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Folds, and I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Wednesday, May 5th, 2021 in the Gregorian calendar, and it is the 23rd of ER. 5781 in the Hebrew calendar. Happy Cinco de Mayo to all those who are celebrating. Cinco de Mayo, if you did not know, is the Mexican celebration of the Mexican army's victory over the French Empire at the Battle of Puebla, and it occurred on May 5th, 1862. So happy, happy to all those who are celebrating in Mexico and in the United States and everywhere. I hope that you enjoy yourself a margarita or some tacos or anything that makes you feel close. Now, let's get to the news. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu returned his mandate back to President Reuven Rivlin last night after failing to form a government ahead of the midnight deadline. And now, since Netanyahu could not muster a Knesset majority, he will likely lose power after 12 consecutive years in office. President Rivlin is officially giving Yair Lapid, chair of the Yesh Atid party, the chance to form a coalition. Lapid's party had the second biggest turnout after Netanyahu's Likud, and that is why Lapid gets the baton next. Rivlin says his main consideration is finding the candidate who has the best chance at forming a government that can win over the Knesset. So it seems that nobody wanted to work with Netanyahu. He had 30 seats. Lapid had just 17. But so far... Lapid has 56 members of Knesset in support of him. He will need 61 to win a majority of the Knesset and push him into the seat of prime minister. Gideon Sa'ar, the leader of the New Hope Party, says he would tell President Rivlin that he supports Lapid, which is new. We haven't heard that before. And five of the joint list Knesset members say they will support Lapid as well. The joint list is an Arab party. The blue and white party, Labor Party, Meretz, and Yisrael Beitenu parties all independently told Rivlin that they backed Lapid when they met with him during the consultation week. Rivlin says there is the possibility that Lapid will also govern in a rotational agreement with another party head, Naftali Bennett, if that is what is needed to make a government come together. Lapid and Yamina head Naftali Bennett have been holding negotiations over coalition terms, coalition terms in recent weeks, reportedly closing in on agreements in many areas. Lapid is reportedly ready to let Bennett serve first as a prime minister in a unity government. The capacity of Lapid's change block of anti-Netanyahu parties to build a Knesset majority is not quite straightforward. Parties of radically diverse ideologies from the right center and left would all need to come together in order to achieve a majority of seats. If Lapid is unsuccessful, it is likely Israel will head to its fifth election in two and a half years. So currently we have 56 Knesset members in support and we need 61. So we're going to need to find five more members of Knesset to say that they want to join forces with Lapid 
And that will be the only way for us to escape having another election. A man was reunited with the police officer who saved him and his son last week at Mount Moron. Rami Alwan, a Bedouin police officer who was at the chaotic scene on Lagba Omer in which a stampede took the lives of 45 people, paid a visit to Avigdor Hayut's B'nai Brak home where he was mourning a second son who was killed in the tragedy. Hayat told the policeman that he wanted to thank him from the bottom of his heart for saving his child. Paraphrasing the Talmudic phrase, and we're going to translate this into English, he who saves a life saves the world. Hayat was celebrating at the pilgrimage site on Lagba Omer with his sons, Shmuel and Yedidia, and his son's friend, Moshi Levi. Hyatt recounted as he was lying on the ground, unable to move, that he didn't know what had happened to Shmuel, Yedidia, or Moshe. Once he was brought to the hospital, he continued frantically searching for any ounce of information he could about the children. He would later learn that Yedidia and Moshe were killed in the stampede that claimed 45 lives and injured more than 150 others. Hyatt says he is grateful for Rami's heroism at Mount Marone and pointed out that the officers sprung into action without taking into account that the two of them are from different worlds or cultures or religions, with Rami being a Bedouin and Hyatt being an Orthodox Jew. Rami swiftly saved a fellow human, and that is what Hyatt wanted to focus on and thank him for so much. It's a bittersweet story, to say the least. Yesterday, we reported on an Israeli man who was shot dead outside of his family's home in Baltimore, Maryland, after having come into town for a wedding. 31-year-old Ephraim Gordon was a tech entrepreneur in Jerusalem, but he was entering the house in the United States of his family when the police commissioner says an attempted robbery turned fatal. Two men had been walking through the area and waited for the man to walk up to his home when one of them shot him. This was captured on surveillance video. Reports haven't mentioned that it was motivated by anti-Semitism. However, posts online and in social media say neighbors heard the gunman yelling anti-Semitic words before the trigger was pulled. We'll keep you updated on this one. We like to report the facts, so we are waiting to find out more. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, then you should consider yourself an Israel Daily News podcaster and support the show. I'm looking to gain a new round of paid subscribers so that we can continue to run this show daily. Send over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm backslash Israel Daily News backslash support. We have one central link in the show notes, and there you can click on it. It'll take you to a page where you can find the link to make a contribution and feel good knowing that you are supporting independent journalism. You can also support us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Number two, you can share this show with a friend. And number three, you can follow us on social media at israeldaily.news as well as Shanafold. That's S-H-A-N-N-A-F-U-L-D. 
Israel will begin lifting all restrictions on public gatherings for vaccinated citizens and those who have recovered from COVID. This includes sporting events, religious gatherings, gyms, public transportation, and other public spaces. Health officials believe this to be a safe and necessary step towards opening, well, reopening completely. More than 60% of the nation's population has been fully vaccinated. Once a vaccine is approved for children, That number is expected to rise dramatically, hopefully to the point where the majority of restrictions on day-to-day life can be lifted. We've said it before, but about 30% of Israel's population is made up by kids. So you can do the math. 60% have been vaccinated. 30% have not because they're children. That leaves us with just 10% of people who either don't want the vaccine, can't get the vaccine for whatever reason. Traveling to Israel still remains difficult as the Ministry of Health fears new variants could be disrupting the country's success. Apple Pay is coming to Israel today, May 5th. It's the first major international financial technology to come into Israel's payment market. We do, of course, have some other small ways of paying on apps in Israel. Think You can think of Bit or Pepper Pay, which everyone in Israel is familiar with. But this one is more global. Apple Pay is definitely more international. About 20 to 30% of smartphone owners in Israel use an Apple device, so Apple can expect to clean up by offering this service in the Holy Land. But here's the question. Apple's contract with Israeli banks and credit card companies makes it so that Apple pays a 0.05% fee for traditional transactions using the platform. So I guess we'll find out who's going to levy that. Bit is run by Bank Hapoalim, one of Israel's largest banks, and it is still not profitable despite having invested 400 million shekels into its development. So I'll say that again. Hapoalim, one of Israel's biggest banks, poured in millions of shekels into the development of the app Bit, but they have not really seen a penny back in profit. But I have to say, it has made life a lot easier for locals. Just think about people going out to dinner. Instead of having to pay in cash, you can send your friend a bit at the end of the night to make things even. So thank you to the Hapoelim developers for that. You can also purchase some things around the country using your bit, as long as bit has a connection or a partnership with the store that you're trying to buy from. The idea for these banks is to make banking accessible even if the user doesn't have a physical bank account and will instead bank entirely using digital credit. Some of these digital banking services, however, don't function for iPhone users and so Apple Pay will become key for those Israelis who use Apple devices. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about at all, Digital payment methods are all the rage. You should learn about them. They're apps that make purchasing things easy and without the need for cash or credit cards on hand. Yesterday, we did a very interesting interview with the African Hebrew Israelite community member. It is on our Instagram. So if you want to learn about their community and hear the latest in their deportation order, I don't know if you heard our story last week, but 46 families out of the community of black Hebrew Israelites living in Israel have been sent deportation orders. That was after these 46 family members or about 135 people tried to clear up some bureaucratic issues that they were having and tried to make their temporary resident status permanent. 
and some of the other members are currently trying to claim citizen as well. Now, these folks definitely went through the IDF or the Israel Defense Forces. So we are talking about really complicated issues, but we made it very simple for you to understand. So I did an Instagram Live yesterday on the Israel Daily News podcast Instagram page. Very fascinating to learn about this community and how they're planning to fight this deportation order. They say that many of the families don't know any other land other than Israel. They've been living in Israel since the 60s. All right, well, that is it for today's show. Today is Wednesday, May 5th, 20. 21. Tel Aviv has a low of 18 degrees Celsius and a high of 31 degrees. That's 64 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 88 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. I am everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. You'll also get the Cliff Notes version of our original stories, investigations, and interviews. You can sign up by using the link in the show notes. I'll send you off today with Anenina by the cousin duo Kunda and Laor. This is their new and latest single, and I really liked their first one. I don't know about you. It was called Hashmina'i. But I really needed a feel-good song today, okay? So do yourself a favor. Listen to this song and allow yourself the pleasure of getting raised up by the beat. Close your eyes. Take in the words. They're encouraging, okay? So have a great and productive day. Pumping this love from Leva Olam Beat Aleph Bet Beat Beat Bafanan Deep inside the land of Zion It's a dance designed to move everyone So yalla kulam put your worries aside This beat is a sign your body decides Yalla kulam we won't let them divide Jerusalem sisters all on the same side Wherever you are